You're listening to the Radical Disruption Podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi-six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Danny. Danny Marenberg is a double certified nutrition coach and founder of Mind in My Macros and podcast host of the Mind in My Wellness podcast. Danny specializes in optimizing macronutrients and lifestyle habits to help women reach their ultimate body transformation goals all while enjoying a life well lived. As a past yo-yo dieting cardio junkie, Danny transformed not only her health, but her entire life, literally, by ditching past diet culture mentalities and learning how to eat for her body. Now she shares the same education and knowledge with her audience of over 100,000 followers. She's coached over 1,000 women through her coaching programs and courses to achieve weight loss and body recomposition while learning how to build a balanced relationship with food and lifestyle habits. And in today's episode, I chat with Danny all about how she's been able to see massive success in her business in such a short amount of time while sustainably scaling and standing out in a saturated niche. So with all that being said, let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have Danny here with me today. Danny and I met at the Kajabi conference and that was at, I think the end of May mm-hmm. and we've just stayed connected through Instagram and she is absolutely thriving in all things business and in life and in the impact that she is making and I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast with me today. Well, thank you so much, Maya, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Okay, to dive into things, how did you get started? How did you get to where you are today? Because I know that there's a full, like a big backstory there. So give us all the tea. Give us all the details. Yeah, well, first off, I never thought that I would be a business owner. I never thought that I would be in the line of work that I am today, not because I didn't want to, but because... It just wasn't my background. Um, So to back up a few years, um, I graduated college almost 10 years ago now, and I immediately went into corporate world. I worked myself up the corporate ladder, if you will, in um, digital marketing, advertising. I had gotten a communications major uh, when I was at my university. So Fast forward now, I'm in nutrition, so very different. Um, but I was focused on digital marketing and I worked myself up to a director of digital marketing. I had bopped around a couple different companies from e commerce to education to tech. And I, like many others during 2020, you know, COVID hit and people started thinking, like, oh, well, you know, am I doing what I want to be doing? And I had had these thoughts back when I was in my digital marketing career where I just felt like I knew I had a bigger purpose. I knew that I wanted to be serving other people and helping other people. I just didn't know how, and I just didn't know what that looked like for me. And so I think I kept trying to convince myself that 
you know, I, I worked at one company and it was great, but I just didn't feel fulfilled. And then I went into education and I was like, you know what, maybe by working for this higher education company, I'll feel more fulfilled doing a very similar role to what I was doing before. And I just kept coming to the same realization that there is a much bigger purpose for me out here. And I don't know what that is yet. Then COVID came. And of course, you know, we're inside and and I had a lot of time to think. I was working from home at that time. And I was in this position where I knew that I wanted to take on some sort of hobby or learn. I'm always trying to learn and evolve. And a long time ago, I've always been interested in nutrition and exercise. Um, I grew up a competitive figure skater. So I have always, yeah, it's very interesting background for 12 years. Um, And then I, you know, in high school, I was doing team sports. And so I was always very active. And then comes college. And I went to college, had some other priorities, obviously school, but I didn't really continue with sports at that time. And that's when I started to really take notice into how my body was changing, but also how others around me were eating and their eating behaviors. And I grew up in a town that was fairly small and I never really had to worry about my weight or my appearance. It never crossed my mind. Then I stepped foot into my my college and I'm surrounded by others who definitely had that perception. And I think I struggled with that a bit in college and after college. And so I moved to San Diego, I where I now live, and I got really into trying to get healthy. And I had gained some weight in college that really ultimately had me feeling very uncomfortable. I felt very unconfident. And yeah. I jumped on the bandwagon like many people do of going into these restrictive dieting habits of having an all or nothing mindset around food and labeling certain foods as good or bad and thinking that I needed to live in this diet to maintain or to see results and then maintain results. Plus, on top of that, I was trying to do you know any and all exercise that I could and nothing was working for me. Absolutely nothing was working for me and I was exhausted. I was hangry all the time. (laughs) I just was not this better version of myself that I was really working hard to be. And that's when I started realizing, you know, there's got to be something else to this. Like I can't be spinning my wheels for years and years and years with no different outcome. It's been the same year after year after year now. And so I actually went back and I got a certification um, in nutrition. And then I worked to become a nutritionist at night when I was working my full-time job. I did have a bit of a time period in my corporate career where things were a little bit more lax. And that's when I decided, let me just like load on something else into my plate. So I went back, got my certification, became a nutritionist. Then again, fast forward, COVID hit. And that's when I realized, oh gosh, you know, I I really want to get more into the nutrition side of things. And I didn't know what that looked like. But for me, 
what it looked like is, hey, I'm going to start a private little Instagram account, make macro-friendly, which is the form of nutrition that I specialize in, macronutrients, make macro-friendly recipes, kind of like my own Pinterest board for myself. Yeah. Whatever res- or, uh, recipes I was making that I liked, I'd take a picture, I'd put the recipe in the caption, and I told nobody about this Instagram. I didn't tell my husband at the time he was my boyfriend. I didn't tell my family. <laughs> and I didn't really want anyone to know because I didn't want anyone to, and I laugh now, but I didn't want anyone to be like, what does this girl think she's doing? Starting this Instagram yeah. account, posting photos of her food. I had this complex around what that meant. And yeah. so I kept it to myself. And naturally, organically, it just started growing and people started following me and people started making my recipes and then messaging me. And it became this fun little hobby during COVID. Again, I never imagined it turned into a business until it got to the point where I was taking a lot of the education I had learned through my own education with nutrition and sharing little tidbits of information here and there along with my recipes. Finally, I had people start reaching out asking me, hey, do you coach or do you offer, you know, do you have like a recipe ebook? And I was yeah. like, well, no, but that sounds pretty cool. So I <laughs> ended up going back to uh, get a certification as a macro coach specifically And then I went back as well and got a nutrition coach certification too, just because I was starting to get really interested in the coaching aspect of things. And from there, my business started evolving to what it is now, which now I've helped over a thousand women uh, in my coaching programs, my courses uh, with custom macro assessments. And now I'm also helping other coaches start their coaching business. That is absolutely amazing. And it reminds me so much of my journey too. Cause like when you're like, when people are reaching out to you and they're like, Hey, like, do you do coaching? And you're like, Oh, actually that's a, that's a good idea. You know, like that was very similar to my journey where like I started to grow and people were like, Hey, like help me. And I was like, Oh yeah, like I can do that. <laughs> and yeah. so it was like that really natural progression. And I love that you're story and your journey really started with just doing something that you loved. And it wasn't that intention of like, I need to hit X amount of followers. I need to have X amount of views. I need to make X amount of money. I need to have X amount of clients. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like the intention of like, hey, I'm just here to provide value and just to like share what it is that I love. And then like having that over time turn into a business. Like in my opinion, that's like the best possible way that things can happen. My question for you, I have like 50 questions. My first <laughs> question for you though is are you still working your corporate job? And what did that look like in terms of transitioning from or I guess did you transition? Yeah, that's a great question that I definitely missed and that is a big part of my story, which It still gives me chills and I still look back like I cannot believe if you had asked me three years ago or even two years ago if I would be able to make this my full-time job, never in a million years would I have said yes. But I also think my mindset was in a completely different place at that point in time. 
So to kind of go back, it was 2021 where I officially created my LLC at the very end. So it was like December 2021. At that time, I had already taken on a few coaching clients um, and it was all very scrappy. It was very scrappy. I was figuring it out as I went and I started realizing, you know what? There is a demand for this. And the approach that I take is different from a lot of other macro-specific coaches. And I saw the need in the market for that. So January of 2022, you know, everyone's setting their goals. And I'm like, you know what? My goal is that one year from today, January 2023, I am going to quit my corporate job and go all in on my business. So I kind of set it up where I'd have a full year to figure it out kind of and and get to the point where I could quit my job. Well, uh, my wedding was April 2022. So four months after I made that little goal for myself and I quit my job two weeks before my wedding and I ended up only working my corporate job for three months before I was able to tell my boss, it's been great working here, but I'm taking it off on my own now. And so I shocked myself. I had an amazing support system. My husband is also an entrepreneur and so was my dad. So I had people in my corner who really believed in me. And honestly, that was a big piece of this too, is that they really encouraged me and supported me and were that peace when I had doubts. Yeah. They really helped me through those times mentally to get to the point where I was like, I can absolutely take this full time on my own. And yeah, I built built enough of an income at that point to equate to what I was making in my full time job. That's what made me feel most comfortable. Uh, and I was able to do that in three months. That is so crazy. And do you mind sharing what that number was like that you were making mm-hmm. that you felt comfortable stepping away? Yeah. So my yearly salary at my corporate job was 150K. So I was working as a director of marketing. So that's where I also was like, I've got the benefits. I've got the, you know, consistent salary. I know that I am going to have a paycheck every two weeks. I finally, I broke it down to, you know, what I was making on a monthly basis. And I essentially was like, I need to be making this or more, obviously, for me to feel comfortable removing myself from the stability of my corporate job to yeah. go full time. And I was just about there. Um, obviously, it was only three months worth of revenue that I could look at, yeah. but I felt very confident in the direction of my business and the amount of inquiries that I had coming in that I decided to take a chance on myself and figure it out. And I knew that quitting my corporate job would only give me more time to focus on my business. Because until I quit my job, I was working mornings, nights, and weekends. So I was really overextending myself. um, And having that additional time is really where I saw my business, you know, take off is when I went full time. I love that. What would you say is like that one moment for you looking back where you're like, this is the moment that I knew that I was going to step away? Do you feel like you have that moment? Oh, that's a really good question. 
I think it was, yes, I think I, gosh, there's, there are a few moments followed by moments of like pure panic and fear, of course, but (laughs) I, I definitely think the moment that I had put out a wait list and it was more of a tactic to see if I created this sense of urgency, would people still apply for my coaching? Because at that time, I was really just taking as many clients as I could to build a roster and to yeah. you know get feedback and testimonials and educate myself really with different types of cases that I was working with. And so yeah. when I set out my, my wait list, I talked about it on Instagram. I had shared a couple emails about it. But honestly, at that time, my email list was like so, so small. <laughs> but- yeah. That in that moment when I saw I think I had about 80 inquiries or 80 applications that were submitted for the waitlist that I was like okay there is a demand for this people are interested in me and I think that was a big piece of it too was well there's so many other coaches out there why would people want to choose me and yeah. it took me really understanding what are my differentiating factors and what is it about me that people are connecting with that is causing them to want to work with me. So putting out that wait list and just having zero expectation around it, but just kind of using it as a a way to test if people, if there was an interest there. And then from there, I knew, okay, there's an interest. I can do this. I love that. And I think, you know, hearing your story, something that really stands out to me, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit more, is that you didn't just like quit. Like as soon as you started your business, you didn't just like quit your corporate job and was like, hey, I'm going to go all in. And while there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, I think that's something that's really cool about your journey is that like you did still have that income where you were able to like kind of build this on the side until it did get to that point where you were comfortable enough to step away Do you feel like that, like the way that your journey has been where you did have that stable income as you built this affected the way that you went about building your business? Because I see so many people, they will go all in. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's journey is going to be so different. But then there's a lot of high stress of like, I have to make X amount of money. And like, you know, I have to, you know, get a hundred people on my wait list. Because if not, then like, I'm screwed. You know, like I can't pay my bills. I'm not going to have any money. So do you feel like that was a really important piece of your journey looking back? Absolutely. Especially because I would say I fall more on the risk adverse, higher on the risk adverse scale. So for me, taking the leap to go full time into my own business, that was a a big giant leap. And it was a lot of, you know, talking through it with myself and with my support system. But to your point, I didn't feel the pressure because especially because of the way in which I started my business, it was out of this love for what I was doing that even to this day, a lot of the work that I do doesn't feel like work, which is a sappy term. But I truly believe that because there are times where you know, I'm working on weekends and it's because I want to be working. It's not because I feel like I need to be working. Um, Not saying that anybody needs to be working on weekends. Just sometimes that's when I 
am having little creative spells and I want to create something. And so I think going into it first with this, this is my passion. I love what I'm doing. I can put my heart behind this, followed by, oh, cool. Now I'm like actually building a business, but it's not something that I am relying on for my survival, really. It's more of a, let's see where we can go with this to then, yes, building it up. But I think having that safety net for me, especially being more, you know, risk adverse, it definitely eased some of those fears that I I know could easily creep up in terms of negative self-talk and talking yourself out of things. Like I definitely had a bit of a safety net by having a a job. And although, yes, it was a lot of work working a full-time job plus another full-time job, really, in my opinion, it was, it was far worth it for me. And I was also able to establish, you know, my working style and boundaries when I did go full-time in my business, because I was able to take what wasn't working when I was trying to manage both and apply that to what do I want my dream week to look like? And how can I build that into my business? I love that so much. And the word that comes to my head is sustainable. It really helped you to build a sustainable business from the start coming from that. And I think there are so many people out there who just because of like hustle culture where people like you have to go all in in order to be successful. And I do agree that you do have to go all in, but like all in looks different at different stages. And so like for you, all in was you were working the corporate job, but you were going all in in the time that you had until it got to the point where you felt comfortable to then really take this full time. And so I love that. And I love that it was from that sustainable approach. So we talked about your income and what that looked like at this time of you stepping away from corporate. What did your like visibility look like? So where were you? I know you said you your your email list was pretty small <laughs> at this point, but like what did your Instagram look like? How many followers did you have versus like where are you at right now in terms of visibility? Yeah, so to put it into perspective in terms of timeline, 2020 hit. It wasn't until 2021, January or February timeframe that I decided, hey, let's just create this little Instagram account. I was sharing for probably six months before my husband found it through hashtags, <laughs> which I was shocked that he even knew how Wait, to search did, hashtags. <laughs> what did he say? I'm so curious. Okay. What did he say? Was he like, uh, is this you? <laughs> so, so to be fair, he was like, you've been on your phone a lot more than than normal. And I was like, okay, I have a confession. <laughs> I started this Instagram account, but I'm not ready to tell anybody about it. I'll tell you about it when I'm ready. And of course, his interest was piqued. And he's like, what the heck is she doing? So I don't even know what he was searching. But he was like, oh, that's my kitchen. And so he, uh, yeah, he found me. But he didn't tell me until later, which is another story. But um, he let me tell him on my own accord. And then he was like, yes, I've known about it for a few months. (laughs) But, um, but. So that started in early 2021 from scratch, zero followers, nada. And by the end of 2021, I had 60,000 followers. So I blew my socks off. I was like, I didn't even know how to do this. Um, But I was consistent and I was showing up mainly because I loved doing it. And then everything else kind of started falling into place now. So 20, 
21. Uh, it was just kind of fun and experimenting. And towards the end of 2021 is when I started taking on some clients. And then 2022, I officially got started with like my LLC, kicking off my business. Um, and so it's been about a, a year and a half officially. Um, I used to, or I like to kind of use my wedding, like when I quit my corporate job as the official start date of my business, because that's when I f- went fully in. But really, there was a year and a half behind the scenes of hard work, showing up consistently to get to that point of when I officially call my business anniversary, April of 2022. But also, yeah, to to answer your question, I had 60,000 followers at the end of 2021. Um, and then end of 2022, beginning of this year, I reached 100,000 followers. So now um, have a relatively big community. Absolutely love yeah. them. Everyone is just so amazing in this community because we're all about the word of the the podcast today is sustainable, I think, because I'm all about yeah. sustainability in terms of nutrition and dieting and kind of changing this diet culture mentality and the way we're thinking and speaking about dieting and diet culture. And and so, yeah, I've really loved this community that I've been able to connect with through through Instagram. And then my email list, definitely something I recommend starting far before I did. Um, But I really didn't start building my email list until last October, November, which I was definitely missing out on. But it has been a huge part of my business. I send weekly emails now. And it's a great way for me to connect even deeper with my audience. Okay, I just have to say, 100,000 followers is, I, I can't remember the word that you use, but it's not small by any means, yeah. in my opinion. That <laughs> is like a huge, huge, huge accomplishment. Something that you were talking about, though, is, you know, your community and like how you've been able to connect with your community in a u- very unique way. So my question to you is, I mean, there's a lot of other macro coaches out there. There's a lot of other people in the nutrition and health space. I mean, it is a huge industry in general, like not just speaking on in terms of like Instagram accounts, but the industry in general is really big. So what would you say has been like a really big piece for you in creating your own authentic voice amidst what people would consider like a a very saturated market? Yeah. And to be quite frank, I thought it was very saturated. That's why I think I went into it with zero expectations of it ever turning into anything. Because I think maybe some of your listeners probably feel this way too, where they're like, well, I don't know what makes me different. Like, What would make me stand out amongst everybody else? And I definitely had those thoughts. I think for me in particular, looking back, the things that really move the needle for me were one, my consistency. I showed up every single day. And that may seem overwhelming in terms of the amount of content that you're putting out there. But one, I was doing it again, this was during COVID and we're all locked inside and I'm just making a bunch of recipes. So I had a bunch of recipes and photos at the time reels weren't even a thing. Um, So it was a lot of photos and I had a bunch just stocked up. So it wasn't that I constantly had to be creating content. Now, 
course, we call that batching. But at the time, I didn't even realize that I was doing that. Um, So that definitely the idea of being consistent. I think people started recognizing the fact that I was always showing up. The second thing I'd say is there was a big change when I started showing my face. And as you can Mm -hmm. imagine, at the beginning, it was a lot of just like food pictures and on stories that I wasn't really, I wasn't really comfortable talking to the camera, still not entirely comfortable sometimes, but (laughs) I, I started showing my face and I started talking to my audience in stories with my face, started posting myself in my photos and reels with my recipes or with the tips and tricks that I'm providing on Instagram. And I saw a big change when, of course, the consistency piece, but me showing my face. And so people were able to connect with me and my personality. I was able to even communicate things in a way that just simple text can't communicate. And I think that that alone, I saw a big change in terms of the amount of engagement I was getting in terms of the amount of messages that I was getting from my community and growth and people sharing me. And so really becoming the person behind the brand, like my brand name is Mind and My Macros. People think sometimes my name is Mindy because they don't (laughs) actually know that it's Danny. But then once I started showing my face and putting more of my own personal character behind my brand, they were able to identify with an individual who had gone through similar things as them, who had shared experiences with them and they could relate to versus just a photo of my sandwich. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And it's, you know, people don't connect with pictures. People connect with people at the end of the day. And I think that there's so much power to building a personal brand. And that's something that I talked about on uh, another guest episode was the power of building a personal brand. And I can 100% say that you have done such a fantabulous job at that. I was just talking to you on um, direct messages just the other day. I was like, I love watching your stories on Instagram. Like you have done such a great job at building something that is so unique to you. And Also, though, it is like it is the consistency, but also I I have a question for you, actually, around consistency. Has consistency for you looked different in different seasons of your life and different seasons of your business? Oh, boy. Yes, is the answer Uh, with consistency. (laughs) There are some times where I feel so creative and I just feel like, oh, I want to create content all the time when we're talking about content specifically um, in terms of consistency, which for me is a big piece of consistency. I go through phases of, oh, I'm feeling so creative. And then I go through phases where I don't even want to touch my phone. I don't want to be on Instagram. So it's it has been a learning lesson for me in terms of what does consistency look like for me and how can I set systems in place to be as consistent as possible, keep showing up while still valuing my time and conserving my energy when I need to. I'm all about energy and and there are times where I, you know, I thrive in that. And then there are times where I really just need to 
you know, hunker down on the couch and turn on my Bravo. And so for me, that looks like now planning out ahead of time. Um, I have a content calendar, which one to two days out of the month, I'll plan out just ideas for the next month and kind of slot those into my calendar. And then on a weekly basis, I go in, I look at the next week and I start to write out my captions and my emails. And I definitely leverage chat GPT often. So I'll take a lot of my social captions and drop them into chat GPT to help repurpose into some emails. So I try to work smarter, not harder with a lot of this and also not recreate the wheel. I have so much education on my Instagram that it doesn't always need to be coming up with new ideas and sharing something I've never talked about before. Because in reality, there are new people finding me every day. There are constant reminders that need to be shared because oftentimes I'll have, even with one of my clients, I'll have to reiterate a message five, six, seven times before it really sinks in. And so I've learned that you know, finding ways to streamline your processes so that it helps with consistency without feeling overbearing or overwhelming um, has really worked well for me. And then not feeling like I always have to reinvent the wheel. I know you are a big fan of of ChatGPT. I'm a big fan of it too. (laughs) And I will take a lot of my past work and repurpose it and then tweak it from there to see how can I recreate something that's worked Obviously, I like to look at my insights and see what people are responding best to and then make tweaks from there and recreate it. And so it's become a much more seamless process to become consistent, especially as bigger business things on the back end have really taken more of a precedent over just posting on Instagram as a hobby. Yeah, for sure. I love that. That was like mic drop. Perfect answer. (laughs) Couldn't have asked for a better answer on that. I love that. The last thing that I want to talk about with you, we've looked at your your growth from so many different aspects, but specifically in terms of really scaling your business, what would you say are like a few things that have really allowed you to scale your business to where it is today? Great question. There are three things that come to mind. Number one is I asked for help. I thought that I could do everything on my own. I was the customer support. I was the tech. I was, I mean, I spent one Christmas, I want to say it was 2021, right before I launched my business. I got a WordPress and I was like, I'm going to create a WordPress website from scratch. And I spent three weeks on it and it was terrible. And I was like, I could have invested in my business. But at that time, I was very nervous to invest in my business. Now, looking back, I think investing in your business is one of the best things that you can do for the success of your business. I am constantly investing in my business. So what I did was I really recognized that I was spreading myself way too thin. And a lot of these areas that were taking up a lot of my time that were not my expertise, like my tech or customer support and making sure that I'm staying on top of all the emails I was getting. I found an amazing virtual assistant and she was my first hire. And then from there, it was like ripping off the bandaid. I hired her and then immediately 
I started hiring some support coaches. I got an accountant, a tech VA. So once I took that initial step, I was able to see, wow, okay, one, it's not scary investing in your business. And two, I was actually able to spend more time focusing on the things that were going to move the needle for me down the road that were going to make more of an impact, which leads me to number two, which is I diversified my offering. So when I first started and when I went full-time in my business, I was only offering things that took my time. And it was a lot of one-on-one coaching, consultations, and custom plans that I was building. And so all of those things required my time and attention. And I had no passive income streams. So once I was able to you know, onboard and and you could definitely do this without having a team member, but I had the time at that point to really hunker down and I built out my first online course. It was a mini course. I was just kind of getting my feet wet with it. And then from there, I built out my big macro body method course, which is my A to Z macros course, um, teaching you literally everything about macros for those who didn't quite want the accountability and guidance of my one-on-one coaching, but they wanted to have all of the same knowledge, have my coaching methodology just on an online course that they had lifetime access to. So diversifying my offer, passive income streams, which I know you're all about too, that was a huge bump in terms of accelerating my business where now you know, I know you mentioned this too. It's not always quite passive. Like I still promote it and I still talk about it, but I'm able to scale my income and my reach with the number of women and men that I'm able to help because I have those passive income streams. And lastly, I would say systems and automations. This has saved me so much time Um, Because as you can imagine, I was doing a lot of the manual work that can quickly add up. Um, So having workflows in, I use Flowdesk, but having funnels for emails. And I now funnel clients that have purchased my lower cost products. I check in with them later to look at potentially enrolling in my coaching program if they're looking for accountability. So now I have a lot of backend systems in place, zaps. I mean, everything that saves me the hassle of having to do it all manually, which ultimately saves me time to focus on those areas of my business that I want to focus on and that are really going to move the needle for me. I love those three things. Those are three things that I preach very heavily and things that have been so uh, important for me scaling my business as well. One last question, actually, before we close things off here. When we talk in terms of scaling, can you give us an idea of what your business has looked like? So like income like 2021, 2022, and then like what you know as of right now in 2023. (laughs) Can you give us a breakdown of what that looks like? Yeah, well, 2021, (laughs) I mean, there was about $3,000 worth of income in that month. It was a lot of um, taking on clients that... I was not charging anything for and just kind of, you know, trying to get my foot in the door, not knowing what I was doing, not knowing how to price things. Yeah. 
And then January 2022, I like to use this anecdote because my income in January, which again was the month that I was like, one year from now, I'm going to go full time. Yeah. January 2022, my income was about $4,500. By April or March, April timeframe, my income was $20,000 a month. So I was able to quickly scale in a matter of just a few months by making some of these changes. And now I'm consistently at about 40, 50K months with some months that are bigger for launches. Uh, But definitely, definitely glad that I left my full-time job in corporate. (laughs) I love that so much. And that's, I don't know, just your, your whole story is just so freaking inspiring. And thank you so much for sharing all of those details for someone who wants to know more about you, who wants to connect with Mm -hmm. you, where can they find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at minding my macros, no G in there. Um, you can also find me on my podcast, mind in my wellness and at my website, mindinmymacros.com. I love it. And all of those will be linked down in the show notes so you can go connect with Danny. Thank you so much, Danny, for being here and for sharing. Uh, you are a wealth of knowledge and I am so grateful to have connected with you, you at Kajabi and to have the opportunity to chat with you today. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for having me. I have loved being on your podcast. If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.